This is the Endurance Church Podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, today's message. Now, when, I, when I was in grad school, I learned about this uh, theory, topic we call the wealth house and worldview and also another topic called the spirit of the age. And the spirit of the age is a, it's this a prevailing spirit that is throughout every aspect of your culture. And people have a hard time identifying it because you're, you're entwined, you're, you're engrossed in that spirit. And it's kind of like if you're born in water, right, as a fish, I don't know, but I'm not a fish, but you don't really think about water because it's just what it is, right? So uh, people have a hard time identifying the very spirit that is influencing the outcomes of most people's lives. And if you look at our culture today, what this young lady described, well, I'm not condemning, but I'm not condoning either her message, it's, it's, it's crystallizing what she said. That she's not happy. And that, that very thought right there is the most destructive thought for our relationships as a believer. And I'm going to tell you where that comes from specifically. It's amazing as God put together this sermon for me two and a half years ago. I always try to give the caveat. So um, I, I didn't craft this sermon this week. This, is, this sermon was prepared. So if you're a visitor, we have, 
we're in a truncated service today because we have a meeting afterwards. So there's a lot of things you need. You didn't get the hug. We're going to hug you after the service. That's a big part of our service. We didn't do it yet. It's coming. But understand that what, what she just articulated, I hear it in churches all the time. I even hear pastors preach on it. I hear pastors who change their sermons so the thoughts, the sentiments that she conveyed come out as the main application point. That God wants you to be happy. And you realize nobody reading the Bible comes to that conclusion based upon the scriptures. Now there's joy in the scripture, eternal joy. But happiness is based upon the circumstances. Now, this message, I love it so much. We're, we've been discussing this one more clear than that one. I don't know why that one's so blurry. Oh, this will make me feel better, like I'm not as old as I am, right? So I go to that, I'm like, oh, I'm getting so old. I'm like, I'm young again, right? <laughs> but nevertheless, looking at it, we're talking about the, the Father heart of God. And here at this church, we say the heart and the will are synonymous. God made us free will creatures. But our will, what we've been given freely, we're being asked by God to surrender it to Him. That's worship. Not just surrender. Let me take another step today, which I hadn't taken before. In the first three plus or now four years, I've been preaching here at this church. But we're just not going to surrender our will to God. We're to surrender our will to God in contentment. Philippians, Paul talks about it, right? He said, I learned how to be what? Content. Rich and poor. He said, how do I learn how to do this? Through Christ who gives me the strength. Now, I'm going to tell you how profound today's message is for me specifically because as we go to the prophet Hosea, which was an Old Testament prophet who was, in a sense, preaching to the northern kingdom before they were sacked or destroyed by the Assyrians. Now, around about 728 uh, B.C., the northern kingdom was destroyed, but they were destroyed because they were committing the sin of idolatry. They were worshiping other gods. The term we're going to focus on today briefly, but understand, I pray, you yourself will go into the researcher, and you can't just do a superficial search to find this answer we're getting to today, but, but, the, but the sin that this young lady was talking about, that our, our entire world is pervaded by, is the sin of covetousness. Covetousness is the sin of a thought. It's an internal sin. So remember the Old Testament. Look at the first ten commandments. It's amazing. The first sin is what? Thou shalt not worship any other God before me. And all the sins in the ten commandments are external except for one. And which sin is that? The tenth commandment. And the tenth commandment says what? Thou shalt not covet your neighbor's wife is laying his fields. And most times you, you read, we have to understand what a neighbor is, right? A neighbor is everybody. A neighbor is anybody that's not you, basically. That's what Jesus in the parable of the Good Samaritan kind of brings about. So when you understand what covetous is, it's really this thought that comes to us first. And that thought is this. I want more. It's not greed. Sounds like greed. Maybe a sister greed. It's not envy. Sound like envy. It's not a sister envy. But the truth is, it's saying, I want more than what God has given me. I'm not satisfied with my lot in life. 
How can you back it up, Pastor? Go back to the story in the garden. The sin that Adam and Eve committed. Remember, Satan was talking to Eve and basically tricked her, saying God is what he's holding back from you. God isn't giving you everything. He, he's, he's holding back. He's tricking you. He's manipulating you. And Eve said, oh, if I eat this fruit, then I'll be like, what? God. See, we are creatures created by the Creator, by God. And the problem is, most of us don't lie, don't like the lot God has assigned to us. So we went out of our situation, and we justify it because we're not happy today. So because we're not happy, we take this step. And now, what's even interesting is, most scholars argue that covetousness is the sin that precedes whatever next sin you take. So remember, you're thinking, hey, I deserve more. Well, what will you do to get that more? Will you kill somebody? Well, if you do kill somebody, you already coveted. So there's two sins you've committed. Start looking at all the sins. When you are not content, as Paul says, with your lot in life, think about people who wrestle with pornographic addiction. You, you, you have a thought, I want more than my wife has given me. Or you want to get divorced. You're like, I'm unhappy in my marriage. I want more than what God has given me. So the thought comes, the sin is already in a sense consummated, then it actually takes place. And Paul says it's impossible to do this, to stop this sin on your own. You need God's grace. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If, if somebody's struggling in a marriage, people leaving churches, people breaking up relationships, covetousness, I want more than what you've given to me, God. The creature is in rebellion against the Creator. God, I want to be like you. I don't like what you've made me. And so we begin to see people, and I'm, please, I'm not attacking you if you've done this. I don't know if any of y'all had plastic surgery. I don't know. But understand as I go here, I'm about to go here on plastic surgery, so just understand, you can fight me later. I'm just going to go here. God, I don't like the body you've given me. I want it altered. I want more. Sin of our age. Now, I've never heard anybody even preach on it. 
covetousness is what destroys relationships. Now, I'm not saying pride isn't there or selfishness isn't there. I think those are a big part of it. But covetousness is saying you are not content with the direction, the purpose, the plan that God has in your life or for your life. And as a result, you try to fix stuff on your own. The Bible says in Galatians, covetousness is idolatry. We've put something else in our heart above God. We say, God, I want more. This doesn't make me happy. If I had to go back to the video of the young lady, what I would say is what was happening to her, I don't think she was a Christian, but there are Christians who believe in marriage living right too, just so you know. Christians say, oh, this marriage ain't making me happy. I'm out. Deuce. I'm going to find someone that makes me happy because that's God's will for my life. But you understand when you get married, the point isn't happiness, it's holiness. Not like the holes I have in my t-shirt. <laughs> Sanctification. God is giving your spouse to conform you to the image of Jesus Christ. God is making you like Jesus. I'm telling you, you can have everything. And you can not like me as I preach. I'm just preaching the Bible says. But Paul says this. He was doing great. Until there was an internal sin he realized was the root of all his problems. The problem is we look at people who do porn or have an affair, and we don't realize there's another sin that preceded this. People rob the bank. People destroy relationships. We're not walking in love. Sacrificial love. Didn't Kenny say it? He prayed it. We, once we love each other, the world will know, but love is hard. Agape is sacrificial in nature. And it doesn't come when you feel good, when everything's perfect. Agape is displayed in terms of sacrifice. Go look up the nature of agape. No greater love than this is a man give his life for his friend. That word is agape. We have difficult relationships. We want to get out of those relationships. The thought that we want to get out of it, particularly if God said that relationship of he's the one who orchestrated it, the thought of I want to get out of it, that's covetousness. I deserve more. I deserve better. Remember the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not covet. We have a story today. Once again, I'm going to be really brief because we have a meeting coming up. It comes from the book of Hosea. And in Hosea, this is the Old Testament. This is the northern kingdom. And Jeroboam II now is leading Israel as king during its, one of its most prosperous times in its history. At this time, the northern kingdom has more money, more resources than any other time, aside when Solomon was the ruler. So they're financially blessed. And, and, and if you go to the book of Jonah, Jonah actually goes in 2 Kings to preach in the northern kingdom, tells him to turn around. He actually says, God has given you this blessing to try to woo you back to himself. But the problem is the northern kingdom had all these other gods, all these other idols they were worshiping. They couldn't distinguish if God was giving them the blessing or these other idols. Baal is the main one. And what ended up happening is they ended up getting destroyed, obliterated by the Assyrians. Because they would not repent of their covetousness, of their idolatry. They couldn't make a distinction. Was I getting what I was getting because God or because these other gods? Israel was unhappy. They had it all, but they were not content. Got a quick scripture, a quote from St. Augustine. He says, Passion is the evil and idolatry. 
if a man has no opportunity of living with another man's wife, but if it is obvious for some reason that he would like to do so and would do so if he could, he is no less guilty than if he was caught in the act. He's talking about the thought, the thought that precedes the action. You look at all the other commandments, they're external actions, but this command of covetous is internal. Jesus said, Thou shalt not what? Look lustfully at your neighbor's wife. If you are struggling in your relationships, if you are struggling with how you relate and interact with somebody, if you're frustrated with somebody, understand this covetous is ruling in your heart at that particular point. Covetousness is what the Israelites had when they were in the desert. They kept complaining against God, God. We want to go back to Egypt because it was so much better in Egypt. And God, what? All the ones who were complaining, what did he do? He wiped them out because they were complaining. Because they thought, I deserve more. I deserve better. He, the, the, the Jews saw what the Egyptians had. They're like, man, I want it like that. They, they, they wanted like the Egyptians had it. How do we know that was true? Because when they got to Mount Sinai, they began to worship a golden calf. Just like Egyptians. Covetousness is a thought. An internal thought that is preceded by an action. It's the Ten Commandment. Hosea chapter 2, it says, Say to your brethren. Now, remember, Hosea is a prophet that God said to marry a what? Prostitute. Prostitute. How about that, you all? God wants you to be happy, happy. Go marry somebody who's going to cheat on you. Who's going to sign up for that? Anybody? No. Ain't nobody going to do that. But God will ask you to do that. Because the point ain't happiness. God's trying to communicate something through you. And everybody that have this calling to marry somebody that's going to commit adultery. But understand, God will ask you to do it if it helps him to communicate a message. Because that's the point, that we yield our will to God so he gets glory out of our lives. Now, let's pray together and fast that none of us is that calling, right? <laughs> but it happens. Now, understand, Gomer is the woman he ends up marrying. And they have kids. Some of them are his. One of them isn't. I mean, scholars debate, but understand, he, he names two of them. Not my kid, not my beloved. So he knows a couple of them aren't his. And his wife, who Jose is loving, Jose is not a, not a rich man. Not articulate, probably. He's just, just a prophet obeying God. But this woman cannot remain faithful. Despite how good this man treats her. Because... Gomer represents Israel, the northern kingdom. And regardless of how good God treats us, that's not going to make us faithful to God. Look at our culture today. You have celebrities who are beautiful, attractive, rich, wealthy. Who, what's the name? And I'm not talking about somebody in pain, but remember the, the Amazon couple right now are getting divorced? Like, come on. What was it? One point? What was it? $138 billion? And they're getting divorced? So you think getting some more money is going to make you happy in your marriage? They had all the money. They, had, they got the whole country's money <laughs> in their bank account. And they still got a divorce. Why would they content? Because sin reigns in our flesh. Yeah. And the problem is there are preachers, I believe, who preach that entice our flesh to make us think God's going to satisfy our flesh. But God ain't going to do that. 
God is called. He's calling us until he still satisfy our soul. Amen. And once your soul is satisfied, and how does that get satisfied? Because you know him. You love him. What I know of is when the Bible is repulsive to me. I'm a pastor. Sometimes when the Bible ain't feeling good, it's not sitting right. I know I need to go back and do some work. I'm going to be honest. Is there any Christians in here today? Somebody talk to me. When you know, man, I don't feel like reading my Bible, at that moment, something ain't right. I'm just telling you that's how this thing works. Because if the God of the universe who created everything said, I want to spend time with you, he doesn't make any mistakes. He wants to spend time with you. Like, right now, I just remember watching Daredevil. I'm just coming on all oh, Super Bowl, and you ain't spend no time with God. to gain and access to eternal life, why don't we have a passion for it? Mm, that's good. Say to your brother, my people, and to your sisters, mercy is shown. So now they've been rebuked, but now God is trying to win them back. He's trying to woo them back. He goes on to say, this is God talking. This is now Hosea talking, but it's really God talking through Hosea to Israel and also to Gomer and to Gomer's kids. He says, bring charges against your mother. Bring charges for she is not my wife. Now she is his wife, but she's committed an adultery. He goes on to say, bring charges for she's not my wife, nor am I her husband. Let her put away her harlotries from her sight and her adulteries from between her breasts. Now listen to this. Three. Least I strip her naked and expose her as in the day when she was born and make her like a wilderness and set her like a dry land and slay her with thirst. Now what is he saying? He's going to take from her all the stuff that he has given her and her in this context is Israel. So he's saying, Israel, I've given you all this stuff, all this great stuff, but now, at this moment, I'm going to take it away because you're unfaithful and you're not going to get the benefits. This ain't friends with benefits. It ain't going to work like that. This is like, you ain't keeping a wedding ring once this thing's over. You ain't going to keep the car and kids. This ain't America. It's God. Ain't no alimony. Understand what he's trying to say. You're going to fight this on your own. You're going to live life without me. He goes on to say, this is God. I will not have mercy. This is God talking. Mercy on her children, for they are the children of harlotry. And their mother has played the harlot. She who can see them has behaved shamefully. For she says, what she said, this is the mother, this is Israel, this is Gomer. I will go after my lovers who give me my bread and my water, my wool, my linen, my oil, and my drink. She's going after these other men who are part of the covetous. Let me say that one more time. Because I say covetousness, so my brain is covetousness because I was wrestling the word, but I gotta say covenant. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> She's saying, I'll go after these others, men and other nations are not part of the covenant. I'm going to go and flee the covenant to be happy. Therefore, behold, I will hedge up your way with thorns and a wall in her 
and wall her in so that she cannot find her paths. She will chase her lovers, but not overtake them. Yes, she will seek them, but not find them. Then she will say, I will go and return to my first husband. So she's out there in an affair, but God stops giving her his blessings, stop giving Israel his blessings. Or meaning, meaning these other men are no longer pleasing her. And she has to come to the realization that everything I've gotten, I've gotten from, from God. She's not being content with what God has given her. So she's had this thought, we know this, that preceded every action. I want more. I want more than what God has given me. About to conclude. Then she would say, I will go return to my first husband, for then it was better for me than now. For she did not know that I gave her grain, new wine, oil, and multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for Baal. So we end a couple points and we're done for the day. Quick sermon. But the point for us today is this How do you recognize that thought? I want more. I want more than what God has given me. I know people who wrestle with being faithful to their spouse, even their thought life, being happy in their marriage. If you're comparing your marriage to somebody else's, you're in trouble. If you're comparing the worst in your spouse with the best in other people, that's unfair. But you're in trouble. Covetousness comes first. Then whatever other sin there is. We'll, we'll wrestle around, we'll talk, we'll have, we'll have different teachings about how to deal with pornography and how to keep people out of emotional affairs. But the truth is, if you stop these thoughts first, you'll win the war. Yes. How do you stop these thoughts? Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And this is not a sin that we need to worry about if somebody's wrestling because covetous comes up. People get frustrated, they get angry, they start saying, I'm uncontent, I don't like where I'm at, I want more. It's easy to say because you hear people say these words. They don't think that's a sin. But covetous internally is a sin. What's the point? It's possible to be in a covenant relationship with God and break His heart. Understand that covetousness breaks God's heart. Imagine, you can hurt God. <laughs> Did you know you have that much power? You can hurt God. The creator of all things has made himself vulnerable to you. Don't hurt his heart. God wants you to be faithful, not covetous. It's a, it's a war you have on the inside. I want everybody in this church to stay married 70 years. Never get a divorce. Don't think about divorce. I want everybody to stay in whatever relationships God has given you. Whether it be friends, I don't know who it is. There's not egregious sin going on. Understand this. You've got to fight those thoughts. And watching TV might not help you. Because they sure make adultery look good. Have you noticed that? If you watch TV, the sex scenes are never for married people. <laughs> you laugh because you already know it. Because that ain't feeling. Because I need a little perversion in my life. Isn't that a song? 
Nope. I need a little bit of perversion in my life. I don't know. <laughs> it should be. Probably is. Well, that's what everybody wants. Yeah, perversion in my life. You want perversion. Perversion feels good. It makes you happy. And that's what we as holy Christians separated called of God fight against. Don't covet. Stay faithful to God. Don't covet. Fight those thoughts. Stay faithful to God so that you can remain under His protection. Because once you think about it, every sin has a consequence. If you live perpetually in covetousness, how do you think the end of your life will be? The Bible says what? No covetous person shall do what? Inherit the kingdom of God. Inherit the kingdom of God. This ain't me making it up. Covetousness is egregious. It's idolatry. I got, I got, this is my one, this is my one for the week. I work hard on this, right? Can I say it right? Will I deliver? If I don't deliver, grace, grace. Covet, oh! <laughs> I can't even do it, babe. What? No, I'm, I'm broken. Not conscious. Come, I, I missed you know it. what happened? This is my trick, you know. If I say it, only like 3% remember. If you say it, I got it. There we go. Remember, your mayor is coveted. With God, it's based on love, trust. I'm a pastor who's way past his time. I know you're yelling at me in your mind right now. But this is the type of pastor I am. I just want you to love the one who's worthy of your love. I'm not here to build a big church. It may happen. That's up to God. But I will make sure before you leave here, if you stay here, you're going to love Jesus. Because you tell you what, in heaven, here we go. The heaven part, this is the part I live for. Because I'm telling you, it's going to happen. In heaven, we're going to look at each other and we're going to say, we did it. And then somebody's going to look like, somebody's going to look at me and say, no, no, we didn't do it. You're going to say, what? He did it all. He did it all, y'all. The game's fixed. Stay faithful. This is how we end, but I'm past now. Hopefully you learned something. If so, apply it. Today I'm going to throw a thought out there. If you have a thought, if you're not content, you need to start identifying that thought. And I'm telling you, everything that is wrong, everything that they talked about, was the result of someone who bought into a lie. That lie is... God has called me to be happy. You're going to be happy. I don't know when, but you will have joy until the very end. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for these people. Thank you for this time, Lord God. I ask you to help us all hear your voice, Lord God. I don't, I don't look down at anybody, Lord God. I'm a sinner myself. I rest with covetousness. 
find this thought mold by moment. Lord, I say I deserve a better call. I deserve a Rachel covetous. I deserve a better house, job, family, a, a better body, a better mind. Lord, I, I, I'm not content with what you've given me, Lord God. Forgive me, Lord God, for those thoughts. Help me learn how to be a good steward of what you've given me, Lord. And help me, Lord, not live for perpetuity, sinning, the sin of covetousness. Help me stay in the covenant with you all the days of my life. Jesus' name we pray. This has been a presentation of Endurance Church. For more about the ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash endurancechurch. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash endurancechurch.tv. Remember to live well and finish strong. My search is over. on my head.